Hi, this is Gina Shock, and you're listening to Life Minute TV. Gina, thank you so much for joining us at Life Minute. Such I, an honor. I'm so uh, happy to be here, and I really appreciate you uh, asking me to come on. Oh, gosh. I've been waiting a long time for this. 40-plus years in a month. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you know how it feels to wait to get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> no, that was well worth it, the wait. Oh, I mean, it's all cool. Well, how are you? Like um, just really busy and grateful to be busy, um, especially after what we've all been through the last couple of years. It's been a rough time, and um, thank God we're sort of coming out of that part of, uh, of the mess that we've been in with this COVID thing. Um, it's starting to feel, I just, you feel a little bit different. People are, are behaving a little differently, and, you know, everybody's getting cabin fever, starting to get a little crazy. So I think, you know, things feel like they're opening up. And so it's a good time, and, uh, and it's been a great time for me on, on a personal level with my book, and then, of course, with the Go-Go's, um, and it's always great, pretty good in Go-Go land, you know. Uh, it's good to be in the Go-Go's. Um, so, yeah, man, things have been really good. Your book, I wowed, I laughed, I teared up. How did it come to be? So, you know, the book I wanted to do for several decades, and I kept putting it off because I couldn't, like, wrap my head around how am I going to put all this together because I had taken so many photos. I mean, I could start another book tomorrow. I have so many photos and trying to sort through them and, and like pick out what I, I initially I just wanted to be strictly a photo book. There was going to be no text. Um, so, so I was looking at it strictly from that, from that standpoint, just, just photos. And I, I had been looking to find someone to help me do this, um, which felt like I'm never going to find the right person who gets me, who gets my humor. And anyway, I did find the right fellow, this fellow named Steve. And he came up, he lives in LA, he came up to San Francisco and I had all my stuff laying out on the floor and he lost his mind. He was like, Gina, this is incredible. Let's write up a book proposal and let's get going. And so we did and we got the deal very quickly um, and uh, started working on that. And then the publisher said, what about writing a little bit? And initially I didn't want to do it because I'm not a writer. I haven't written a book and I thought I don't know how to do that. But the more I thought about it and the more I looked at the photos that we were picking out, it became really easy to start writing stories because, you know, you look at a photograph, you remember exact, exactly what you're doing when you took it and then what was going on around in that period of time in your life. So there was so much to draw from in all, every photo. And I have tons of photos, you know, I, and I needed, thank God, I needed somebody to help me sort out which ones were going to go in the book. Like there's, a lot of, there's lots of photos with us, with celebrities, other, you know, and I have so many more that nobody's even seen, um, except the band perhaps, or our management, whatever. Um, so there's a lot more where it all came from, but what a process. It was really well written, you're a great writer. Oh my God, so talk about that. That was really scary. Uh, I've never written anything, I'm writing songs, but they're, they're like little short stories, okay? This is a much bigger thing to take on. So uh, I, my partner, Steve, helped me organize my thoughts and helped me put it in, into ways that make sense because, you know, every picture I had a million stories. He's like, okay, let's just make this more concise. That's what, but it's like every word in there is mine and it's totally my language. If you meet me, you know how I speak. And so I, I am really proud of this book um, because it is, it is really me and it's 
people, our audience, our fans, and other folks that aren't even fans that might pick it up because they love the cover, they open it up and read a little bit or look at the photos, they're going to get a real taste of what this band is about. And also you're getting it from a band member, which is, you know, not always the case. Did you know when you were documenting it back then? Hmm, like what were you thinking when you were documenting? Not a lot. <laughs> we were just in the moment, you know? We're just a gang of girls having fun. The five of us running around, we're having a great time doing what we love to do and traveling all over the world. And, uh, you know, it was quite a time. And I happened to be drawn to photography just sort of out of the blue. It's not like I grew up with cameras around the house or anything, but I've always liked like that, like uh, photography. I've, in my house, I have tons of photographs. Yes, I am drawn to that. And I got Instamatic when I was young and was taking photos at all the rock concerts I would go to. Um, and they were just horrible. I, I'd be like in the 20th row trying to take a picture <laughs> and you'd see like a little speck of a person on the stage. But but I'd look at that and I'd go, oh yeah, that was the Steve Miller concert in 1972. And ah, I just loved having all that to look at. And then I, you remember everything, you know? And so I, I got into taking photographs early on, probably when I was like 12 or 13. And when I started going to concerts, I wanted to remember all that, um, document it somehow. And that was the perfect way. Plus, I've kept every ticket stub from every concert that I've been to. I mean, music has been my life and I, everything associated with it always has felt important to me so I wanted to hold on to it you know and then to be able to share it with everyone in this book was is like a real thrill. I love all the little inserts too how did you decide who was gonna contribute there? Oh gosh um I just thought like different friends who would who would make sense and if they were around during that period of time when because I'm mainly in the book focusing on like the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. That's the main focus in the book. Um, although it does take you up until, you know, pretty recently, last year. I just thought of a, like a five or six different people. Like one, I, like Martha Quinn, because she was, she was a VJ. That was a very big part of the Go-Go's becoming as huge as they were. Uh, you know, when MTV arrived, that changed. That was a game changer for everybody. And we happened to be right at the beginning of that. And uh, like I thought, it would be kind of important to have someone. And Martha has always been a fan. And she was like at, at our musical at Head Over Heels at, 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 when, when it premiered in San Francisco. <clears throat> in San Francisco. So I thought, you know, Martha, she'd want to talk. And I just called up different people, people that I knew or that have been associated with the band over the years, um, friends and Everybody was like, yeah, sure, I'll write something. And I like Kathy Valentine. She said that you positioned yourself so you could see everything, and she thought it was so you'd be visible, but it was really so you could get a view of the stage. It's funny how you set things up, and you may not even be conscious at the moment of what you're doing and why you're doing it, but then it starts to make sense. And, um, yeah, it is, it is. I do have a great overview of everything that's going on. And, you know, everybody always looks up to me to see, hey, what's happening here or there? Because I can always, I always know what's going on. Um, and you guys have had some ups and downs, but you ultimately always come back together. What do you attribute that to? Uh, that we're a family. Um, and because we have had some really major fallouts, which I feel, which is what this book sort of ultimately ends up as, I say, we are family. We are. Uh, we've 
been, this is the longest relationship any of us have been in over 40 years. The five of us have been in each other's lives and still are. And it's been a rough ride at times, but you, it's it, like I said, family, you know, you might, you, and this is an old cliche, but you might not like them all the time, but you love them. And that's the way we are. We'll, we'd be there to back each other up. Um, but, you know, your family also knows how to get to you the worst. They know really how to needle you and, what you know, um, before you even open your mouth, they know what you're thinking. That's the way we all, we read each other's minds. Uh, we've, been in, we've been in each other's lives so long, um, we, we absolutely know each other inside and out. Do you think there was a point you guys didn't appreciate each other? Oh, my God, of course. At least half of the time that we've been together, we haven't appreciated each other because we've been so busy doing what we were doing or we've been distracted by other things going on um, and not been able to take the time to really see what's happening and how lucky we are. Now, in retrospect, yeah, it's very, very obvious what an incredible journey it's been for all of us. Um, uh, it, there's been a lot of hard work involved, but it's work that we love. I mean, it's so great to have a job that you love to do. That's such a fortunate, wonderful thing, because a lot of folks don't have that gift. And when did you guys realize you wanted to get back together? That was, we, we I, as I said in the book, we uh, kind of owe that to Jane Fonda. She got the ball rolling. I kind of think, though, we'd have, we'd have, we would have, people started talking to each other a little bit here and there, you know? So it was sort of brewing. But then when, when Jane Fonda asked us to do a show, where we had to actually start rehearsing together, get on stage together and play. That sort of cemented it. Because after we did the show, we set up a tour later that year. So it was all, all was forgiven. And family, once again, you know, it's going to happen. You go through it. You get back up. You make up. And, and you continue. Hall of Fame, what does that mean to you? Oh, Jesus. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's been a long time coming, as I've said a little earlier. It's been a couple weeks and I'm still really high from the whole thing. You know, when it first happened, everybody was sort of, ah, that's great. Yeah, well, we waited long enough. What the hell? You know, all that kind of stuff, all this bravado, right? When we were actually there, we were all flipping out and could not believe all the love, you know, and the respect that we were getting from all these, our peers. But, you know, I always think, like, I'm such a fan, and I'm a fan of everybody. I meet him, and I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm meeting you. And it's crazy. Like, when I met Questlove, I couldn't believe I was meeting him. And he's a big fan of mine. So it was all turned around. I was like, wow, is this really happening to me? I, I always think of myself as, as this kid from Baltimore, you know? And that'll never change in my mind. Perception is different according to who you're talking to. But, I, you know, I'm always in uh, disbelief of what's going on around me. Because it's all been like a dream of mine. I, I only, when I was an 11-year-old kid and saw Led Zeppelin open up for The Who, first concert I went to, my dream from there on was, oh my God, I've, I've got to be on that stage. i got to play some instrument. Somehow i got to get on that stage. You know, that's all I wanted to do. And that's been my life. It's been this <laughs> unbelievable dream, you know. Uh, I just tell everybody, I'm a perfect example. I'm a true American success story. I come from, you know, a very middle class background, blue collar, and I had a dream and I worked hard at what I did and I was very focused at it. I mean, I, that's all I cared about was music. I had to be doing what I was doing. I had to leave town when I was like 21. I knew I had to, I had to go in search of making it and it wasn't going to be in Baltimore. It was going to be New York, LA, San Francisco. I went to all those places and then I got back to Baltimore and I was like, okay, I'm moving to LA. 
that's where I think I have the best chance. And I can actually afford to live there. The cost of living wasn't so outrageous. But I went there on a mission. You know, I wasn't going out there to hang out and party and make new friends. I went out there to, as I told everybody when I left, next time you see me, I'm going to be a rock star. It's crazy stuff, right? And your parents, too, were so supportive. Oh, my God. My parents were so incredibly supportive. Uh, from when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, allowing me to buy a drum kit, put it in my bedroom, and bang on those drums every day when I got home from school. Now, you know they had to love me. You know they had to know that I was deadly serious about what I was doing. But, you know, things were so different back then because in my bedroom, I, my bedroom had bay windows and you could open them up. And during the summer, it was, you know, we'd open the windows and I'd be playing drums and like people in the neighborhood, oh, that's just little Gina Shock up the street playing drums. Nobody called the cops. Nobody, you know, <laughs> it was a real chill neighborhood. Like it was, I had this just very idyllic uh, childhood. Really, I did. And uh, my parents were like sent from heaven to me as far as I'm concerned. I, I, it couldn't have been better. It's so different because you usually I talk to people and they say there's always something, you know, a yeah. broken home. So I that know. was really, I know. and that they said you could always come home. That got me when I was reading well, it. Yeah, that's what my mom kept saying to me that echoed and in my head always. You can always come home. It doesn't work, you come home. I was talking to Michelle earlier about how, you know, they must have had such faith in me to allow me to leave because I said, I don't know if I'd let my kid leave to go all the way on the other side of the country knowing three people in L.A. That took a lot of courage on their behalf. Of course, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. And they were into music, too, right? <gasps> they loved music. Mom and Dad were constantly playing big band music and dancing. There was a lot of music in our house. Uh, my dad, in his truck, he had a pair of brushes. He was always playing on the dashboard along with music. Oh, man, it was great. It was good. And Drew Barrymore, how was that getting him? Oh, wow. Well. So, you know, a lot of people said, oh, what's Drew Barrymore got to do with anything? And, you know, why is she inducting you? Well, Drew Barrymore has a lot to do with everything because she's been a fan since she could walk. I mean, I remember walking off the stage. We'd walk off and Drew would be there with her mom, 10, 11 years old, and was a huge Go-Go's fan. And when we sat down and talked to Drew in Cleveland before we all went on, she, I had no idea that we really did leave such an impression on her, that we really made a difference in her life. Because she went through a lot of difficult times, you know, growing up in public. She went through a lot and she said that, that our music just helped her get through stuff. You know, that means a lot. And then I thought about, like, there's so many people that come up to me or to us and say that. It just seems like such an incredible thing that myself or the band that I'm in could have such a, a lasting impression on people. Because we're just having fun and doing what we love to do. And it, like, it really made a difference for women in the business. And, yeah, it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. Women in the business, music or not, just in general, so ahead of your time and with everything that's going on now. Well, you know what? We didn't. Truth is, we weren't, we never thought about, you know, that, that we were feminists or anything, but we certainly were just by the nature of what we did, by what we were doing when we did it, certainly were feminists. We never thought about gender. We never were fixated on the fact that we were women in a man's world. We knew that, but we didn't let that rule what we were doing. We just kept it steady and, and kept doing what we loved to do. And we were having a great time. Don't get me wrong. A lot of hard work, but a lot of fun like living our dream. And we happen to be women. And we did it just as well as the guys did. And, uh, and yeah, we could have number one records. And yeah, we can get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, these things happen. And it's going to get better and better for women. I mean, I look, um, you know, I check Instagram every day. And, and I now, do you know, the statistics are now that there are more women 
than men that are learning to play instruments now. More, more girls. And I go on Instagram and I see these girls shredding, shredding on guitar, playing drums, like these little kids playing drums way better than I can. I'm like, oh my God, we've created a monster. Mm -hmm. Now they're, they're coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yay, yay girls, here we come. Amazing. Watch out. I did want to ask you, what's the first call you made when you found out you got inducted? You know, if my parents were alive, it would be to them. But I, I don't recall exactly who. Um, I don't think I called anybody. I think the phone was the phone was ringing off the hook. Everybody was calling me, and I was having to make callbacks to people. Uh, actually, I remember. Well, the first call that I got was from our manager, from Art Cisneros. Art uh, called and said, "Well, girlies, you've done it. You made it." And that was very sweet. That moment. Two weekends ago in in Cleveland is another thing that's burned in my brain that will never ever go away. That I can't believe I was a part of. Hanging out with Paul McCartney, that's pretty, that's pretty heavy, man. You know, um, there were many moments like that and, uh, in Cleveland, and uh, what a weekend that was. You've played with everyone. Who were some of your favorites to play with? Oh, geez. Um, well, of course, opening for Bowie, opening for the Stones, opening for the Police. These were all like milestones in our career, in my career, personally, because, well, I idolized David Bowie, and I idolized Charlie Watts and the Stones, you know? So that was really a big moment for me. And I'm still saddened by Charlie Watts' passing. And I'm so happy that I actually got to meet him and hang out with him a little bit before, uh, before we opened for the Stones. And he was everything I thought he would be. He was such a gentleman, lovely, lovely guy, very soft-spoken. I got to sit on his drum kit and play around. And oh, what that was a super big thrill. So yes, there's been so many moments. You know, I should bring a paper with me of all, all those incredible moments in my life of meeting people. And I've met so many people over the years. You know, I mean, I was a kid in Baltimore listening to Blondie. A couple of years after that, I was hanging out with, with Debbie Harry and the boys, you know, uh, the Ramones. I mean, you name it. It's just everybody that I was listening to met 99% of those people probably within five years after leaving Baltimore, something else. Well, I'm glad it didn't change you any. Like I said, I'll always be that, that kid from Baltimore. That'll never change. And I'm really happy I grew up where I did. And I, and I grew up in the, in the time period that I did. I, I don't think I ever got really, really out of control with anything. There were certainly opportunities to. And if I did, I'd always reel myself back in. And that's where having a supportive family and having some good friends really come into play and make a big difference, they can help to keep you grounded and are there when things aren't going so great. Because you know what? You could be a rock star all you want, but you get up and you breathe the same air as everyone else, and you hurt, and you love, and you, all these things. It's all the same for all of us. They're just different uh, jobs that we have, that's all. What's your favorite song to play live? Well, it changes around, it's according to what we're playing. There's a song that I think we'll be doing in our, when we play at the end of the year, we're doing like about uh, six or seven shows at the end of, in December. Um, there's a song called Fun With Ropes that is really fun to play. It's a really hardcore punk song. I'm looking forward to playing that one. But probably out of our regular set, I really enjoy playing This Town. No reason, no particular reason. No particular reason because all of the drum beats that I've come up with for the songs are not about what I can do on drums. They're about what I can do for the song. I'm the type of drummer that plays for the song. I'm all about how do I elevate that song? What can I do to make that song better? When I hear somebody brings in a part, the beginnings of a song, the drum parts that I come up with are never about, oh, wow, this will be an incredible fill to put here. It's like, what is the groove? How is that going to fit in? How's that going to push the chorus when it comes up? You know, how's that going to prop up the vocal? And, you know, I mean, that's the way I 
I'm always thinking when I come up with a drum part. We got the beat, the perfect example is when Charlotte came in with that eighth note riff. It was, um, wow, now let's see what's gonna make that really explode. And it was that that made sense. And that's what I chose. To me, it's very instinctual, like what to play. I don't, it's not that I have to think about it. It just sort of comes out. How um, do you think your sound has changed or evolved over the years, the way you guys play together? We still get really nervous, but we, you know, I think that we are a bit more comfortable on stage. We're, we're better musicians than we, you know, have played a lot more, so we're better. We do have something we're working on right now that would involve music if it, if it happens next year, which I think it will. So we, we, we'll, we'll see. Me, I love to work. I'm, I always want to, I, I love touring. I love all that. That's just my nature, you know. Mm -hmm. um, okay, those two questions. You should now. come around with me all the time. Oh, I love okay. it. Okay, don't ask me twice. Oh. I'm coming. <laughs> Any particular um, drummers you like today? That you think oh, geez, there's so many great drummers out there. Uh, as I said, growing up, my idols were Charlie Watts and John Bottom. Completely different, but that's why I love them so much. They completely different drummers. They played so differently with, with, but what they played was perfect for the band they were in, was perfect for the songs. You know, um, it all made sense. Now there's just so many great drummers. I mean, uh, well, just in Cleveland, hanging out with Dave Grohl and, and Taylor Hawkins. Oh my God, those guys are so badass. They're such great drummers, both of them. And there's so many good drummers around. I, I mean, my, the list could go on and on and on. And, and different, meeting Questlove. What a badass. That guy lays down such a groove. He's all about a great groove. Neil Pert, he's gone, but what an incredible drummer he was. Stewart's a great drummer. Um, I don't know, you name it. There's a lot of them out there. And post-Go-Go's, you've written for Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, for movies and other things. Do you want to tell us about that? I started to take writing really seriously in this sort of in like around 83, 84 more. And then the band broke up for those five years. And then I was sort of, oh, what am I going to do? I'm not a studio drummer. I don't want to do that. I, want, I like being in a band, you know. And so I was like, okay, so I'm going to try to put a band together. I put a band together. It was called House of Shock. My partner was a fellow named Vance DeGeneres, whose sister is Ellen, which is so funny because when I first met Vance, he was fresh from New Orleans. And he said, yeah, my sister, she's a comedian. She's playing some clubs around town. And she would come to the studio when we were recording the record, Ellen would. And uh, my, my, the, the famous quote from Ellen, which I tell everybody is, um, we were hanging out a lot and she was asking me, you know, how to, how to handle the business in LA and the do's and don'ts. And I'd give her my advice. and. Um, and she said, Gina, if I ever make a lot of money, would you sell me your house? <laughs> right? Ellen could buy half of Hollywood. She could own it uh, with, with the well, amount of money she's made. Would you go back to made. her and tell her? No, no, I haven't seen her in a million years, but uh, I, that always makes me laugh when I think of that. But anyway, so that was my partner's sister. So Vance and I put together a band called House of Shock on Capitol Records. We did one show and got a record deal. That was fabulous. That lasted for a while. Uh, I, then I, then I came to, and then I came to, to New York. I got fed up. Things didn't go the way I wanted them to or had planned. And I thought, you know what? I just want to be a songwriter. And that's what I got really serious about songwriting. I would play with the Go-Go's when we would, you know, go out for a month or two. And then I would just come back and, and, and really concentrate on my songwriting. And then, um, in 2000, whatever, the opportunity came to write for some Disney artists, which at the time happened to be Miley and Selena. 
Um, they were both on their last record, I think, at Disney. A fellow there asked us to write some stuff. We sent it over, and um, Miley loved the song Breakout, and she had already had, the record was already done, but she went back in and recorded Breakout, um, and it became the title track, and you know, in the name, the name of a record. And sort of the uh, same thing with Selena, not the same thing, we did four songs on her record and had the title track and the name of the record as well, which was really great, you know? Um, and I felt like vindicated all these years. Okay, I didn't write any of the Go-Go's hits, but damn it, I've written a couple important songs with important artists here, so that made me feel pretty good. My songwriting is, it's always there. It's just, has to make sense. And you know, there's, there's a lot I need to get back to right now. I think songwriting's probably up there in the top three. <laughs> uh, what's the best piece of musical advice or something you learned about music from someone? The best bit of advice I could give uh, anybody that wants to do what I do is to don't let somebody saying no to you matter because you're going to hear no a lot. But it only takes one yes to change the tide completely. We got rejected by every record label in town. And one label said yes, and that was IRS Records. And they were a small independent label. But that's all it took. Changed everything. And that can happen. The most important thing is to stay true to yourself. Because when you're true to yourself, people recognize that. And it touches them. And, and it makes a difference to them. Don't ever try to write about what you don't know about. Don't try to be something that you're not because it'll be transparent, you'll, you'll, it's not gonna work, man. So that, that's the main thing I say, be true to yourself. And the ones that say no, Because <laughs> you know what? The world is big and you got some time. And if you love what you're doing and you stay focused, I don't know, it happened for me. If it happened to me, it could happen to anyone. I know it's a crazy thing, but I had a dream. Uh, coming from Baltimore, and it happened for me. It worked out, but I, I was I was very focused, and it wouldn't have mattered. I couldn't I couldn't help myself. I was so in love with music. How did you know drums? Like you knew right because away. it was the easiest instrument for me to play. That's why I kept playing drums. I tried bass. I tried guitar. Took lessons, and I just didn't have the patience for that. When I picked up drumsticks and put on headphones and tried to play with music with with my favorite songs. Oh, whoa, wait a minute, this is easy. It was very easy for me and it felt very natural. And so I just continued to do that. And I've never taken a lesson. But you know, everybody's given a gift. What's something your current self would tell your younger self? Take it easy, don't worry so much. Even though I'm still a worrier, not as bad as I used to be. Don't worry. Things always work out the way they're supposed to. You freak out about everything and at the end of the day, It'll happen when it's supposed to. It's like this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing. We had given up. We're like, we know we've made our mark. We know what we've done. We're, we're cool with our accomplishments. But then it happened. You surprise yourself all the time. Don't worry so much. Do what you do. Stay focused. Put yourself in the right place at the right time. Well, that takes some maneuvering, you know? You got to know how to work that. But if you stay focused, then, you know, then you, you figure that out. Looking back on anything, is there anything you wish you'd done differently? No. I like everything I've done. It all worked out the way it was supposed to, I guess. And you know what? Every time I get on a plane now, I think, oh my God, the plane's going to crash. Wouldn't it be? Because like now your book's out and everything's going great. She died in a plane accident. It was a, you know, oh my God. On her book tour, the plane crashed from New York to LA or whatever. Oh my God. And here I'm saying, don't worry about things and I'm such a mess. But it is, it's like ridiculous to worry. Why worry? It's whatever's going to happen is going to happen. What's something you want to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, buy a place in Italy. <laughs> I want to get something in, in Europe somewhere, I think, in Italy or Spain. I want to do that.
I deserve that. And I want that. And God damn it, I'm going to do it. Getting a couple friends together. We're going to put a little money together and we're going to get our place and uh, live happily ever after. (laughs) What's your favorite comfort food? Favorite comfort food is, um, well, I'd have to say ice cream. But I don't keep any of it in my house because if I do, I I won't stop. Like I can't. At one point, I was like a member of the Haagen-Dazs Club. And we'd get the new flavors. They'd send them to my house. That's how bad I was. With Hagen dazs yeah. So I can't have it in my house. That or potato chips, can't, can't have it because I won't stop. How do you relax? Oh, man, I'm still trying to figure that out. How do you relax? I don't know. Please tell me. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I do, I do have a trainer, and I, and, I, and I exercise three. I have him work me out three days a week, which I know is really good for me. And, um, you know, I try to do all the right things, but I am by nature a little, a little nervous, Nelly. So I need to learn how to meditate. That's next on my list. But I, I think like if I had my place in Italy, it would be a little easier just to lay back and watch the clouds roll by. And... What's something you always travel with? Oh, what do I always travel with? Mm-hmm. A lint brush. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's the best <laughs> one I've heard. <laughs> you gotta have a lint brush with you, you kidding? Oh my God. Because I happen to love black, so. <laughs> uh, what do you binge watch? TCM. I love old film. And if I wasn't involved in music, I'd be involved in film for sure, because I just love it. It moves me. Well, another thing about the visuals, you know what I mean? Like being a photographer, and that, it excites me. It's like, it, I just love that medium. I, what does music do for people? Everything. Music does everything for people. It rocks your world. It makes you sad. It will do anything you want it to do when you want it. You just turn it on and it moves you. It's like film, music and film, to me, have the same, same effects on people. It takes you out of yourself. It takes you wherever you want to go. And so, uh, once again, I feel very fortunate that I can be one of those people that can influence thought or, or feelings. And if it's the Go-Go's, they're going to be feeling good. What is it about the Go-Go's that just... Because it just reminds you of good things. There's songs, there are party songs and fun things in your life. And it was such a good time. And a, I mean, if you go to a show, everybody is always... Even at the Rock Hall of Fame, when we started, when I hit that first drum beat, people stood up, started dancing and singing, and did not stop until I finished the last drum beat. They, they were dancing and singing to every word. That's what a Go-Go show is like. People dance, people sing, and they are smiling the entire time. They walk out of that theater or wherever it is, whatever the venue is, smiling, thinking about good stuff, good times, things. I love that we have that effect on people. You know, you can't do that enough. You just can't. Such a lucky thing that that we can give that to people. It's a wonderful thing. And same with the book. Why should people get that book? Why you should get this book is because it's a big piece of me. This book is a big piece of who I am. It is all... Everything in there was part of my personal collection. The photographs uh, that are in there were important. When I took that photograph, it meant something to me. And it's now I can share that with the general public, with our fans. And that is like a big statement. I love being able to do that. And also I write about what was going on in that time in the book. It's a real insider's view of the band, the Go-Go's. And I I'm happen to be in the band. So, um, and I'm pretty straight up honest person so you're going to get the real deal when you look at my book and when you read my book it's going to be some truth that you're going to see 
And I think you're going to like it because it's going to make you feel good. And you're going to go over, it's going to be a life's journey, my life's journey, uh, which will be sort of up and down and all around, but ultimately, yay. Everything's okay. You yeah. are just the best person ever. Oh my God! Thank you. you I am so you. very, very grateful to be on your show, I'm and so um, grateful to have you. You guys were so. I'm not going to let you leave. You're so nice. Oh my God! It's been so nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got. I'll come it. by anytime. Oh yeah! Promise. I promise. <laughs> I swear to God, I would. Life Picture? Minute TV. Yeah. Woohoo! I loved it. You will too. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.